We come to an exciting time in the season of Easter. Beginning of Easter, we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, the fact that he is Lord and God, the fact that love is more powerful than death, the fact that in God uh, all things can be made new. There's always hope. Um, I think St. John Chrysostom said, if you have fallen in your sin a thousand times, do not despair because mercy itself has risen from the dead. There's always mercy. There's always love. Uh, so we celebrate Jesus' victory, uh, the fact that he has been declared as, as Lord and King of the universe. We know that that victory is won for us as well. And now towards the end of Easter, we start focusing on a couple events that are going to take place. Uh, they've already taken place, but we're going to experience them an, anew through, through the sacraments and through the church. And that's the ascension. We celebrate the Ascension on this coming Thursday. Wednesday night is the Vigil Mass here in Ord. Thursday morning is, excuse me, Thursday evening is the Mass in Burwell. So we celebrate the Ascension, which is Jesus going to the Father to be seated in glory at the right hand of the Father. And then, uh, about a week and a half later, we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Those are really, really important feasts for you and for me. Um, and they tell us something of who we have become and what's going on in us. In this chapter, this is chapter 14 that we're reading from, Jesus talks about he's going to go, and then he's going to come back. And he tells us, he assures us, it's really good that he goes, which seems like a strange idea. Sometimes we view the ascension, Ascension Thursday, Jesus ascends into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, that feels in some ways like a farewell. It's like, well, Jesus is gone, you know? We had a good run. Christmas, he showed up. Ascension, he leaves, and then he's gone. But that's far, far, far from what happens. Because Jesus' ascension isn't about him going away. No, it is about him going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, which I'll probably talk to you more about on Wednesday and Thursday. That's a seat of authority. It's part of his glorification. But Jesus doesn't go away. No, there's a way in which... Jesus has to change his presence so that he could be more present to us. Sometimes we say, like, gosh, I wish I lived when, you know, back in the apostles' time and Jesus was walking around, you could, like, see him and be with him. It's like, no, you don't. You want to be alive now because it's better now. Why? Well, for a number of reasons. One reason is that at the time, Jesus was, uh, he was in one place at one time, right? Where was he? Sometimes in Nazareth, sometimes in Galilee, go down to Jerusalem. He was in one place. And if you weren't in that place, were you with Jesus? No. No, he was gone. So now there's a way in which Jesus can be present everywhere in a very real way. Okay? So it's important that he ascends to the right hand of the Father because now somehow Jesus' presence fills the earth. Where is Jesus now? There's only ever one answer. The answer is here. Where's Jesus? Here. So Jesus is, in, in a very real way, more present now than he was before. He's not less present. But also, something new is happening that's really important. And that's that before, there was, in some ways, Jesus was a good example. Like, you could see him doing stuff and be like, gosh, I wish I was like that. And you couldn't be like that, because you're not Jesus. So Jesus was a, a leader, certainly, and he brought healing, and he was a, a good role model, and he was an example but Jesus wants to be more than that. In his, in his ascension, he enters into a new way of being present. And now Jesus isn't present out there somewhere. Now somehow he's, he's present in me and in you. 
Jesus isn't just a good example that we can imitate. No, now Jesus is alive in me. And my life has new power. There is a power that is at work in me. The one that is in you is stronger than the one that is in the world. Jesus is alive in you, and now he's living his life in you. Yeah, we kind of keep him stunted sometimes, and we don't really let him do what he wants. Uh, and he, he, he doesn't take over. He's not violent towards us. But there's a way in which, yeah, before Jesus was somewhere over there and I could see him and do him. If I happened to be in the same place, I could see him doing things and want to be like him. But now Jesus is present in all of you in a very real way, much more powerfully and intimately than, than you and I even understand. Jesus is physically present in you and with you. That's because he went away and he has come back in a new way. So this new presence, this new way of being with us, it's better. Even though it, there's a feeling of loss, like I can't see him now. Yeah, but he's in you, and he's alive in you, and he's in these other people too. And, and we do see him and experience him in and through one another. Anytime we love, we experience God, because God is love. Amen? All love is from God. God is love. If you experience love today, you experience God in a real way. Okay, some of you are sitting next to the person that you love. Uh, if your shoulders are touching, then like, yeah, that's, that's God. That's a real manifestation of God's presence with you. Simple. It's a little. But that's God. That's love. Okay, so Jesus is going away, but to come back in a new way. Okay, so Jesus wants to be more present to us, not less. And he makes this promise, I will not leave you orphans. I would argue that most of you uh, live most of your lives like you're an orphan. And I don't mean biologically, like you, you don't have parents. But if you're anything like me, and I think sadly you are, you live a lot of your life like you're in control and you're responsible and you have to get it done. Amen? Do you know what? There's a fancy word for that. It's called sin. <laughs> and I'm good at it. And it's sad. It's miserable. Amen? Where are my orphans at? It's miserable. And it's scary. And it's hard. And it's not true. Like we believe in a good God that created all things good. He made you good. He's with you always. He protects you and provides for you. He never leaves you. And in every moment, he rejoices in your goodness. He delights in you all the time. Jesus says, I will, not, I will not leave you orphans. So if you're not an orphan, then what are you? Well, you're, you're a son or a daughter, right? And what makes you a son or daughter? It's the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we think about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, and we're kind of like, yeah, that's kind of a weird day. And people are doing weird things and speaking in tongues, and we're like, I kind of like being normal. So I might do God the Father thing and the Jesus thing, but the Holy Spirit, maybe we'll find somebody else for that. No, 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 you want the Holy Spirit, even the weird stuff. You want all the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the love of God the Father for you, right? He's the infinite love of God. And he makes you more and more into Jesus, who is a beloved son. The job of the Holy Spirit is to form you and to shape you to be more and more like Jesus. Not like an orphan, but like a son. So you want the Holy Spirit. There's a constant refrain in the hearts of many people, and that's, come Holy Spirit, please come. Show me who I am. Show me the truth. Save me from my aloneness. Make me a son. Make me a daughter. So the Holy Spirit's job is to bring us in into the love between God the Father and God the Son. It's to form you more and more to be like Jesus. And Jesus, 
Jesus doesn't have magic powers. It's not like Jesus does cool stuff because he's like on his own and he's like a superhero. No, he does cool stuff because he's God, which means he's a son. Like it's his sonship, is his dependence upon the Father. It's the way that he allows himself to be loved and guided by the Father that allows him to be who he is. So too, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just give you superpowers so you go do stuff, even though there's, there's cool things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. But the Holy Spirit wants to form you more and more and to be a son or a daughter so that you don't have to be orphans anymore. So folks, it's all about love. God is drawing us in into his family, into the deepest and um, yeah, most connected love than we've ever known. Jesus is going back to the Father, but he's bringing us with him. He's sending the Spirit, and the Spirit draws us into the union between the Father and the Son. He makes us who we're truly meant to be. Christianity is not about trying really hard to do everything right and praying that it happens. Christianity is about coming home, being embraced by the love of God, who does his works in and through you, who holds you, who embraces you, who washes you clean, who heals you, who encourages you, who blesses you, who chooses you, over and over again. Our hearts need love. The Holy Spirit is love. The Father is love. Jesus is love. And their work, and when they've already done it, but they want to do it even more, is to draw us deeper and deeper into their love. And that, that love might flow out to the world through you. I'm going to let you just kind of dwell with these words of Jesus as we conclude. And imagine him saying it to you in a very specific, personal way. He says to you, I will not leave you an orphan. I will come to you. And now it's not past tense, it's present tense. He's like, I'm right here. You're not an orphan. I'm right here. The Father's here. The Spirit is here. You are not an orphan. We're all right here.